We have been talking about the voice of God last week. We spoke about an ear to hear. And uh, Willa came to me on Friday night in prayer meetings. She brought, she brought a pair of these. I got my one hand on the microphone. She said, you'll never get what we talked about in children's prayer tonight. Just an ear to hear. They got John 7:37 out of his belly written on the back. I'm not sure how that all went together. I wasn't in kids' prayer. I was in adult prayer. But, but an ear to hear. We all. We all have the ability to hear God's voice. God desires and wants his people to hear. He, ha uh, he has sheep, and the, and the Bible gives us indication that his sheep know their shepherd, that his voice can ring in our ears and we'll recognize it. His voice, when it speaks, it calls us, it summons us, it separates us from everything else that's going on in the world. And, and we are able to draw nigh to him if we have an ear to hear the voice of God. But I've been around long enough to know that you can have the ability, you can have wor the word of God letting us know what is our possibility and our potential you can have the ability, but you can miss the urgency of the requirement to hear the voice of God. So last week we spoke about an ear to hear. Tonight, I would just like to talk for a few moments about a need to hear. We have a requirement. There is, it's an urgency in the hour that we live in that we don't just act of our own accord. That we don't just respond to the voices in the natural that we hear, but rather that we would Keenly tune our ear to the voice of God that is speaking today. The voice of God, it's not, just a, it's not just an opportunity that we have. It's an obligation that we have. We have an obligation as the people of God, as the church of God, to hear the voice of God. How critical is it that if we have that banner out over uh, what, what would be the front door of our church, that, that we are the church of God, that that may not be our title or our name, but that's what we are. We are the church of God, but how critical is it that the church of God hears the voice of God? And the voice of God isn't just uh, kind of designated to an individual. It's not just kind of pointed at the pulpit and then God just speaks there and, and it's kind of filtered out through the community of believers. No, you are able as believers, as part of the body of Christ, as the church of today, that you have the opportunity to hear the voice of God. How awesome is that? How incredible is that? And, and we live in a day where uh, voices never cease coming. Uh, voices never stop speaking, no matter where we are. We have the opportunity for voices to be speaking into our lives. We, we get in our car and we turn on the radio and, and voices are coming. We, we, we step in the store and the radio's on in the store and the voices are coming. And, and we in, in encounter people and the voices are coming. We have our mobile devices and the phone rings and the voices are coming. And, and it just seems like no matter where we are, what we're doing, there's always going to be a voice that's calling for the attention. There's always going to be a voice that's trying to take up the real estate of our hearing, but God says there's something that we need to do as the church. Sometimes we've got to separate ourselves from all of the other voices and realize that we have a need for the voice of God. 
We've got we've to push back from the entertainment. We've got to step back from the social life. We've got to step back from the activities that we're involved in. We've got to even maybe step back from family for, for a few moments or a few hours in a day so that we can separate ourselves to hear the voice of God. We are living in the end times, and God is looking for a church that hears his voice. The voice of God that is speaking, that, that is speaking has to have an ear to hear. We need to hear. It's not just an option. It's an obligation. Look at your neighbor saying it's, ob- it's an obligation. I, I can't imagine what, uh, on many fronts, I can't imagine what the 400 silent years were like when no prophets preached, when no preachers stood in pulpits, when the word didn't come, when God silenced his voice between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I don't know what it was like then. I, it just the silence of God's voice. God, until that point, he had always had a prophet. He'd always had somebody that was working on his behalf. He always had a man that he could speak to or speak through. God always had somebody, but then silence. I don't know what that was like in the supernatural realm. I, I can't imagine how deep the depravity was in humanity. I, I don't know how we existed as far as mankind. I, I don't know how we did it through those 400 years because there is an incredible power that comes with the voice of God. I don't know how, and I don't even necessarily know why. I just know that when God does things, he does things great. And so here, when we flip the page from the Old Testament into the New Testament, and God once again begins to speak to humanity, the power of that moment that God begins to unfold salvation's plan. And God begins one more time to open that corridor between his voice and our hearing. It it must have been a powerful moment. It must have been something that just, not just in the natural but rather in the supernatural that the entire world must have changed. The dynamic must have just adjusted. There, there had to be something powerful that happened when one more time God's voice began to speak. I, I, I don't want to go through a day without God's voice speaking. In my life, I, I don't know what 400 years would be. Now, I, I, I'll be a little envious for a moment. Sometimes I, I crave silence. Nine times out of ten, if, I, if I'm driving in the vehicle, the radio's not on. There isn't anything on. I'm just kind of enjoying the solitude. I'm, it takes, me, it takes, it takes, takes a lot for me to focus in on facts. Sometimes I just need that time to quiet my mind. And the more uh, activity, there's enough input coming just from the road. There's enough input coming just from whatever I'm passing on, uh, uh, on the highway or whatever I'm passing in the, in the streets in the city. There's just all kinds of input, and, but, but the radio's not off and on. I, I, but I don't know what it would be like to go days or weeks or months or years without hearing the voice of God. We need to hear God's voice. Last week we mentioned the fact that to every church mentioned in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, the seven churches that represent and are typical of many and any church in, in history, that in, to every single church this phrase is mentioned. They, they may have had different dynamics in the congregations. They may have had different things going on in their lives. But to every single church this phrase is mentioned. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. 
So if the Spirit was speaking then to every church in spite of all their challenges and successes, I'm confident that God is still speaking to the churches. And I'll be even more specific tonight. I'm confident that God is still wanting to speak to this church. This church. But we have to have an ear, but not just the ability. We have to have an urgency and a desire to hear the voice of God. We have to recognize the need. Someone say the need. A need to hear the voice of God. God is still speaking to our church today. And if God is speaking, then we need to listen. Hearing the voice of God isn't an optional elective in the Christian course called life. Hearing the voice of God isn't optional in the work of the church and the responsibilities that we have. It's, it's an obligation that rests squarely on our shoulders. We need to just tap your neighbor and say, we, we need to hear the voice of God. We need, we need to hear the voice of God. And I've just got three points I want to leave with you tonight. Number one, we need, we need his voice to defeat discouragement. I, I'm concerned with the number of people that, and, and this isn't, um, this isn't, condemning any individuals that, that say they're dealing with depression or discouragement. I'm, I'm <clears throat> quickly or recognizing the need that we have in our generation to acknowledge and deal with discouragement and depression that people are dealing with in their lives. It's a reality. It's not just something people conjure up for attention. It's not just something that people discuss to, to kind of get somebody on side with, with where they are. It's, there is a legitimate discouragement and depression that works in our day and our age. But I do find in the word of God where when that discouragement or that depression moves in, that God doesn't leave us isolated and insulated. But God moves in to meet us in those moments as well. But we need his voice. Someone say, I need it. I need his voice to defeat discouragement. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I don't, this is something I don't struggle with personally. I, I don't, <clears throat> no, that may change tomorrow. But I would say that I don't, I don't personally struggle with depression. I don't personally struggle with discouragement very often. I, I've had discouraging things happen. I've, I've been frustrated with myself. I'll be honest, I've been frustrated with people sometimes. I'm sorry if that's a enlightening word that you didn't want to hear. I think you all, I've been here 20 years, you know. You can tell when, oh, he's in a bad mood. You know that. I, but, but as far as discouragement or saying that I've, I've ever been depressed, I, I don't know that I've ever been there. I, I just, it's just, thank God, thank God that's not a struggle that I personally had. But I've been, I've been here long enough to know that it's a real issue for real people. And thankfully, in the Word of God, we do get some instruction. And, and here's, here's the greatest encouragement that I find in the midst of that discouragement, is that God doesn't leave you alone. You may feel alone, but step back to the fact that God doesn't leave you alone. If you looked at uh, Elijah in his life, it was Mount Carmel, the mighty deliverance followed by a massive depression. 
It was prophets of Baal being defeated, sacrifice consumed by fire. It was uh, famine ended by supernatural abundance of rain that started with a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's, that's how this all started. And, uh, and, and Ahab told Jezebel what Elijah had done on Mount Carmel. And then Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah and says, I'm, I'm coming after your life. I'm coming after you, and I'm coming after your life. And if you'll read down through Scripture that even though God had done all of these miraculous miraculous things. God still continues to sustain Elijah, but Elijah gets worried. Elijah gets discouraged. Elijah gets depressed. God's still maintaining uh, the man of God. He's still sustaining him. He's, he's still working in his life. He still brings him sustenance and, and taking care of him. But even in the midst of all of that, God moving miraculously and God moving wondrously. It says that Elijah still went, uh, he said even at one point, he said he, he went in the strength of, of what God gave him for 40 days. One meal lasted 40 days. And I'm sure that Kathy would wish that that would happen, that we could go for the next month and a third on one meal. But um, that hasn't happened. That miracle hasn't occurred yet. Um, but... It says that Elijah goes for 40 days and 40 nights. So the, the miracle is active in Elijah's life. He, he can tangibly see God working, but he still goes into a place of discouragement and depression. And he hides himself in a cave, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. It says, and he came thither unto a cave, and he lodged there. But God doesn't leave him. Now listen to what happens. God doesn't leave him there. It says, but the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, and the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenants, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand on, God said, go forth. His word still comes. Aren't you glad God's word comes to us in moments like that? That Elijah gets to the point where he's so discouraged that he just goes and hides in the cave. He, he literally goes from the great Mount Carmel where he's calling down fire. He's just defeated the prophets of Baal. He's, he's magnified God among the people. And, and, and people can't help but see that this is the God to serve. And, and the mighty man of God, only moments and days later, month, a month and a half later, has moved from the mighty mountain into the cave. He's hiding in the cave for his life. And, and even though God's working on his behalf all that time, he still wrestles with that discouragement and, and that depression and that, that season of what do I what do, I do now? I, and he believes the lies in spite of the miracles that are happening in his life. I'm telling you that, that I think God leaves that, that story in Scripture because we need to realize sometimes when we're in that place. Maybe it's for, for some people like me to better understand folks that are struggling with discouragement and depression. I'll say amen because that's good preaching and you don't, want to, you don't want to put me down. But here's what I know is that, is that even though all of those miracles are happening, Elijah is still filled with fear and Elijah is still discouraged and depressed and he believes the lie in spite of the miracles that are happening right there in that moment. So sometimes our... our Resolve to people that are struggling with discouragement and depression. It's like, well, just take a look around. Can't you see the way that God's moving? Can't you see what God has done in your life? Yeah, Elijah did. Elijah was living still on the bread that God had given him 40 days prior. But he's in, he's in the cave. 
doubting that God is going to keep him. That's why I say we need God's voice to defeat discouragement. We need God's voice to come to us in moments like that. And I love it. I love it when it says, Behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said unto him, What are you doing here, Elijah? You're the right man in the wrong place. I, I, I've set you up. And God doesn't, God doesn't come at him about how he's feeling. God just reminds him about who he is. So if you would tonight, I'll, I'll take the instruction that I need to understand more about people's discouragement and depression. But I'm wondering if anybody in the room would say, I understand where you're coming from, Pastor Jack. Sometimes we've got to allow the word of God into our lives because God wants to turn the situation around. And God wants to turn the circumstances. God doesn't want me living in this cave. God doesn't want to leave me here in this place of discouragement and depression. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of God came and said, what are you doing here? I just came to remind somebody tonight, you don't have to stay in that place. And the more that I chat with people and the more that I sit across the, the counseling desk from people I understand that that's a real issue that we've got to deal with but please could you allow us to speak from this side of the desk and say why do we stay here we don't have to stay here what are we doing here come on we've got a word from God we've got a purpose that God is bringing we need the word of God in our lives active and engaged because it will lift us up out of discouragement and despair <laughs> I only I am left. God's like, no, you're not the only one left. You have the wrong idea. You've got the wrong impression. You've got the wrong, you've, you've got the wrong story. You've believed the lie. It's not all about you, Elijah. All good words for all of us. The word of God, but here's what happens, is that the word of God comes to us in those seasons of our life and brings us up. And puts us back in the right path. That's why we need the voice of God. That's why we need it engaged in our life. We, we need his voice to defeat discouragement. Number two. We need his voice. Someone say we need. We need his voice to receive revelation. It was post-crucifixion. It was two disciples that were on <clears throat> the Emmaus Road. And they talked together about everything that happened. And. Verse 16 says that while they talked together, verse 14, verse 16, while they communed together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? The word of God comes to them in their place of discouragement, in their place of of downtroddenness. He says that their eyes were holding that they should not know him. I, I don't know if that means that they were just kind of doing this, kicking pebbles up the Emmaus Road. They're not even looking up and somebody joins along. And Anyone ever do that? You see how far you kick the rock down the road? You try and keep it on the road? Step out into the middle of traffic? to keep. So their eyes were holding that they would not behold. They, it was just, I, I guess, maybe on the supernatural realm, it wasn't given to them to know who he was. But he said, what manner of communications are these that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Why? 
And Cleopas said unto him, Art thou a stranger in Jerusalem? You've only uh, not known the things which are come to pass there in these days. And, and Jesus says, What things? They said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth. They've got all the story right. They've got the plot line right. They've got the history right. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, prophet, mighty, indeed in word before God and the people. And the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And we were supposed to be in our third week of revival by now. And we were supposed to have many people filled with the Holy Ghost. And instead, we're in our second year of the pandemic. Where have you been? Come on, I'm serious. Why are you sad? Where have you been? And Jesus is saying, what, what are you so upset about? And they're saying, think, just, do you, have you not been around? Have you been, have you been in a cave for the past two years? Do you have any idea about what we've experienced? This is what we wanted. We wanted, we wanted revival to be happening. We wanted to overthrow Rome. We wanted Israel to be prominent. We wanted all these things. But he comes to them in that moment and he's got a word for them. I'm, I'm so thankful for the word of God. As a matter of fact, I feel God speaking tonight. And I'm wondering if we sense the need for it. Do we recognize our need for the voice of God to speak in my life, in our lives? Do, because if we, don't, if we don't acknowledge our need for it, we'll, we'll probably try and live without receiving it. If we don't recognize our need for it, we'll have all kinds of spiritual abundance and we'll have all kinds of spiritual ability. And our spirit man may have all of this ready to use. But if we don't sense the need of it, we may as well put them away because we won't hear unless we recognize the need for us to hear. God is waiting for someone to recognize, I need a word from God. I, I love one of the songs that we used to sing. It's like, we need to hear from you. We need a word from you. If we don't hear from you, what will we do? We're wanting you more and more each day to show us your perfect way. Come on, we need a word from God. We need a word from God in March 2022. We need a word from God right now like we did in March of 2020. We've got to have the voice of God speaking clearly, but we need people that are willing to hear the voice of God. I need God's voice speaking in my life. They may not even have even understood it, but they needed that word from God. What things? And they lay the story all out and... And finally, he lets them talk, and they're just kind of laying all of the bad news out. You know, he, they crucified him and put him in a borrowed tomb, and they went to anoint the body for burial, and they found out he was gone, and nowhere to be found. We don't even know where his body is. And finally, Jesus just says, oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Somewhere you missed, you missed the purpose. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? 
And then he begins to expound unto them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. He, he's got to take them back to class and remind them about why that has just happened. Did you miss it for all? Come on, folks. We know that in the last days, it isn't going to be easy. Are we caught off guard? And are we discouraged and depressed? And are we angry with God for what we're walking through right now? Or are we realizing, uh-uh, this is just part of the big story that he said from the very beginning in the last days. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tumultuous. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be bad. But there's going to be a great revival. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss what God is speaking in this day, in this age. We can't miss it. Don't miss what God's doing. That's why we need his voice. And Revelation comes and says that, that after he's done speaking with them, their eyes are open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. Did not our hearts burn within us? And then all of a sudden the reality check comes. Church. God is speaking. He knows exactly where we are. I say get ready to hear the voice of God. Get ready for God to give the directive. Get ready for God to give direction. Get ready for God to lift us up and set us back in the right path to say, no, 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 don't, don't get off track. You can, you've been discouraged. You've been dis depressed. You've been kind of set on the sidelines, but, but I'm accomplishing my plan. Woo. I feel the help that comes from God. Hmm. We need his voice to lift us out of discouragement. Finally, number three, we need his voice. We need his voice to receive direction. I need his voice. If we just went for a few moments into the book of Acts, it's a story. It's the story that's still being written today. But, but if we're going to continue in the apostles' doctrine, then it's necessary that we continue the apostles' practice. If we're going to continue doing what they did, then we, we've got to do some of the things. We've got to work the way that they worked. We've, we've got to pray the way that they prayed. We, we've got to preach the way that they preached. And we've got to hear the voice of God the way that they heard. I'm convinced that, that God may have to step in our midst and turn down our radios and turn off our mobile devices to get our attention so he can have our ear. The disciples heard the voice of God. It was, it was Philip in Acts chapter 8. It said, and they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem. It said, and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And God's just opening the supernatural revival for the Samaritans. And, and they've been led by the Spirit. And they've been led by God. The apostles are there in revival in Samaria. And they're assembling in all the little villages. And it's just like season of revival. But in verse, in verse 26, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. God's word comes, and, and God basically kind of pulls them up out of the environment that they're in. He said, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And that doesn't sound like anything that any of us would want to do. But if we're led by the Spirit and we recognize the need to hear the voice of God when he speaks, we'll say, Oh, God's wanting me to get up out of this, this little revival that we're in because he's got something he wants me to do. And it says that, that he gets up and he goes and, and he went and behold, a man of Ethiopia. Now, we would, we would like for it to be 20,000 men or a great crowd of witnesses, or, but it's a man, a man of Ethiopia 
an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning. He'd already come what he was there for. But he's on his way home, but he, he realizes he, st he still doesn't have what he needs. He thought that this, this pilgrimage to the promised land would, would settle that desire in his spirit. But he's on his way back, and, and it says that, that he stops. And he's sitting in his chariot. And he's reading Isaiah the prophet. It's like something's still not complete. Uh, uh, there's still something missing. There was, and, and, and watch what happens. The next verse it says, And the Spirit, then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And the and he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture to preach unto him Jesus. And sometimes God's going to pick us up out of the greatest, exciting, most exciting environments so that we can reach someone. Someone. It's right there, and it's, it's the Acts of the Apostles. We love Peter on, in Acts 2 and verse 38 when he's preaching to the people, and, and we love Acts 2 when they're, they're, they're stumbling out of the upper room. But, but sometimes God just says, oh, come here, come out of the crowd and come out of the congregation. I've got someone that needs your voice. I've got someone that's waiting. They, they've done all they know to do, but they're needing somebody. To bring them the word. And Philip, you've got what it takes. So, so Philip has to sacrifice the excitement of Samaria revival to go and find the one Ethiopian eunuch. But what an opportunity. And, I, and I, when I was preparing for this lesson, I, I really feel like that's part of our focus this year is that God is encouraging us and calling us to be individuals of ministry. And to do, we talked about it Sunday night. How many have got a Bible study chart to teach Bible studies to one, to someone? And you can. Just look at your neighbor and say, you can do this. And I knew it was going to be really quiet. So by faith, we're going to try it again. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do this. So much better. You guys are so awesome. You really can. Some people say, well, I... I don't know if I can teach a Bible study. You can. You know what the best answer is when they have those hard questions? You have the answer. The answer. It's just, I don't know. What about that? All those vials in the book of Revelation? I don't know. Here's your key. Let's study it next week. And then you go home and get in the book. It's great. I don't know. It's, the, it's an answer. It's maybe not the answer they were looking for, but that gives you one more week. Someone's waiting in a chariot, and the voice of God is speaking to CCC. Arise and go toward the south. Arise and go into the desert place. Arise and go because someone is waiting, and you've got the answer they need. It was... Acts chapter 10, we can come back to the music tonight. Acts chapter 10, Peter 
Peter had this tremendous, awesome, you know, we remember Peter, Acts 2, verse 38, the preacher that ushered Pentecost in, the keys of the kingdom are in his hand. He's, he's Peter. He's Peter the preacher. He's, and it's Peter in Acts 10, and many of you know the story, but let me remind you. He sees a vision, not just one time, but three times, that a great sheet knit in four corners that lets down to the earth, and all manner of beasts are in it, and creeping things, fowls of the air. And a voice comes to him and says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, no, Lord, I can't. I've never eaten anything like that in my life. I, I'm not going to. But the voice comes back and says, don't call, you know, don't, don't call unclean what I've cleansed. And, and I'm, I'm calling you to this. So three times that, that happens. What God hath cleansed thou, that call not thou common. And this was done three times. The vessel was received up again into the heaven. And while Peter doubted in himself what this vision was, what it meant, there were men that were sent from Cornelius. And God ordains this all to happen at this one moment in time. And the Spirit speaks to Peter. While Peter's thinking about the vision, the Spirit says to him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them doubting nothing for I have sent them and then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said behold I am he that you seek what is the cause thereof you have come and they said Cornelius the centurion a just man and one that feareth God and of good report among all the nations of the Jews was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee unto his house and to hear words of thee and you see how God begins to ordain this tremendous plan. And Peter's going to drop all of his bias and he's going to drop his prejudice and he's going to drop some of his ideas about holiness. And I must, let me just clarify because I've only been here in this role seven months. I believe in holiness. I'm not changing anything. It's on the calendar. We've got Pastor and I, we're going to, Talk to us about why we believe what we believe. Holiness is an absolute necessity. If you're around the office wing today, I had a song blare on holiness. It's a necessity. But sometimes we've got to shake our ideas about who can and who can't get into the kingdom. And Peter did. So no wonder we have to. And God has to work on him and through him and he's got to drop some of his ideas about races and he's got to drop some of his ideas about divisions and and he's got to drop his ideas about limitations because it's time for revival and God's going to do the work and God's going to do the cleansing and God's going to do the healing and but he's waiting for someone who recognizes the need to hear his voice. The need. The need to hear the voice of God. You can go through the book of Acts and watch that <clears throat> the spirit is the integer that makes, he's the agent of change. He challenges the church to get up and get out. The insignificant are made able the people who are doubting their abilities god uses them 
just like us, God. But they, they have this ability to hear the voice of God and recognize the need for God to speak to them and through them. It's Paul, the ultimate opposition of the New Testament church. He was Saul, but we know him as Paul because he becomes the greatest apostle in history. But it all starts when the voice of God comes. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And, and God transitions the New Testament apostleship to Paul. And Paul becomes the author of this book right here. It's not the whole thing, but great parts of the book that I'm, I'm looking at. All those epistles to the churches. And Paul. Paul gets used by God, but at first it's the need to hear the voice of God. We, we need God's voice in our lives. That's it in a nutshell. But I'm wondering tonight if you would stand together with me and, and if you would acknowledge that you're people that desire to hear God's voice because without it, there's no revival and without it, there's no restoration. Without it, it's 400 silent years of no activity at all. It's empty pulpits and even emptier pews and it's people that don't have the word of God. But if, if, if we see the need for God's voice at work in our midst and amongst us, then, then we can become a part of an apostolic, come on, an apostolic revival like we see in Acts, an apostolic revival. We, we get to be a part of that. But first, we need ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. But first, we see, we see the need for God's voice to speak to us. So we separate time of prayer and we separate time to get our, ourselves in the Word of God. And I don't want to take away from what we're going to talk about next week, but I'm encouraging us, church. I, I'm just encouraging us recognize the need for God's voice in our lives. I recognize it. I, I sense it. I see it. I'm hungry for it. I'm desiring it. I, I can't go without it. I need that voice directing the path. I, I need that voice. I need to encourage God. Talk to me today. God, speak to me. Speak to me when I'm in the superstore and speak to me when I'm walking through Walmart. God, would you speak to me when, when I'm with my neighbor in the driveway and we may be just talking about melting ice, but God, would you speak to me? because if I've got a word it'll change the environment if I've got one word it'll change the circumstance if, if I've just got one word if I can just preach Jesus to them but it's going to start it's going to start when I get a word from God get up get up and go south get up and go over there get up out of the cave get up out of depression get up out of discouragement get up and go into that place I've called you to it's a word from God God I need to hear your voice I need your voice God we need to hear from you I need to hear from you God I need to hear from you for my family's sake and I, I need to hear from you for our church's sake and I, I need to hear from you for Jack Lehman's sake I need to hear from you I can't do this I can't do this without your voice God Would you lift your hands together? I'm, I'm finished. I'm, I'm closing the notes.
Well, would you thank God for talking to us through the gifts of the Spirit tonight? I God do great and mighty things. God, do great and mighty things. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This church, God, our church. I wonder if you just lift your hands and close everything else out and just listen for the voice of God that's speaking in the room tonight. God's challenging somebody. God's encouraging somebody. God's lifting you out of discouragement in this moment. God's doing that. God's come to give direction. God's come to give directives. He's, he's here. If we just let his voice speak.